and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. Hello, hello, hello. How is everybody today? Uh, I'm James Day. A couple questions here. We've got a great guest today. POCUS training and competency. Are the current methods optimal for accreditation? Let's find out. Today we'll be chatting with Dr. Andre Kumar. Andre Kumar, MD, MED, is a clinical assistant professor of internal medicine at Stanford University. He is the director for the Stanford Medicine Procedure Service, president of the Society of Hospital Medicine Bay Area, and an instructor for the Society of Hospital Medicine POCUS certification program. Dr. Kumar is passionate about researching POCUS for patient care and guiding future accreditation. He is currently the lead investigator for a multi-institutional study involving the use of POCUS for COVID-19. He recently published two randomized trials investigating how to optimally train resident physicians with point-of-care ultrasound. Awesome. How are you today, Dr. Kumar? I'm doing well. It's really great to be here. Thank you for having me. And you're coming to us from um, the great state of California. I am, yes. It's uh, thankfully a beautiful day in Northern California, which uh, I, I'm very fortunate to be a very common occurrence. Yes, that's nice. And I'm in Philadelphia, and the engineer David Widget Studios is in Colorado. I think we've got every time zone covered. We might be missing <laughs> one. We might be missing one, yeah. So just right out of the gate, um, I read your paper that you uh, recently was published. It was a nice paper, great paper, a lot of detail. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that here. Um, the gist of it seemed to be that uh, trainees often cite a lack of access to POCUS machines, and it's sort of a barrier to learning or performing POCUS. Um, can you speak to that, or guidelines that recommend increased access as a cornerstone of learning point-of-care ultrasound? Yeah, what we've been seeing is POCUS has really been increasing across the clinical training spectrum, not just in internal medicine, but other specialties as well. You may have heard of certain medical schools such as UC Irvine giving out uh, POCUS devices to their incoming medical school classes. And the overall uh, risk with this is that trainees may be acquiring machines, but they may actually be using POCUS with minimal oversight. A lot of guidelines do recommend that trainees have access to these machines, but in terms of how do you guide them? How do you measure their competency? That's something that's not well studied. And in fact, there, prior to these two studies that we recently published, there had been really nothing out there that looked at whether or not if you give a trainee a handheld ultrasound device, if they'll actually be better um, compared to a sporadic usage. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking of that model. That's almost like uh, checking out your microscope. And instead, now you're, you have a uh, small handheld device, or it's the device that's in the ER or in one of the units that everybody kind of grabs and uses. Um, I guess that's the way to put more 
What do you like better? I mean, I guess it's best to have one for everybody. The goal is to have one for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very biased. I think POCUS can really transform healthcare. um, And it has a lot of potential across multiple specialties. But I kind of view it like um, a stethoscope or even that ophthalmoscope where Mm -hmm. just because you have it available to you, you may not know how to use it or use it well. And I think one of the the nice things we showed with uh, these couple of trials is you really have to think carefully about how you're going to train individuals. You can't just give them a device in a lecture series, which is how it's commonly done, mm-hmm. and expect them to go out in the world and be Pocus Masters. Yeah, so I know we were earlier talking about uh, many curricula and Pocus involved lectures. You know, the, the PowerPoint, you know, most of medical students are PowerPointed to death. And then there's a clinical skills component, a lab. Uh, you guys have shown there's a plateau effect to this common teaching method. What about that? Yeah, it's, it's something we see a lot in clinical skills training, not just in POCUS, but other uh, skills. And a mm-hmm. lot of this is drawn from the surgical literature. But if you think about technical skill of actually using your hands to acquire an image or uh, place a suture, there is an initial increase in your competency. But then after a while, there's this plateau effect. And to become a master, to become really good, it actually takes a substantial amount of effort. Uh, a couple of favorite papers of mine from the POCUS sort of literature show that with cardiac focus, for instance, you can be quite good at acquiring most of the images after about 20 to 30 scans. But then after that, to become the level of, let's say, an experienced sonographer, that will take years and many, many hours of practice to actually get at that level. You know, I got to say that I remember doing preceptorships that were all summer long and waiting to get time on with the patient um, after the scan was done. As coming from a sonographer background, and you're right, and I've read the papers where the physicians, uh, the cardiologists uh, who were, you know, attendees used their stethoscopes and the medical students were trained, like you said, uh, 20 or 18 hours and they were using the ultrasound. And uh, they were actually better. It was interesting. A lot of papers like that. Um, so your paper, focusing on that, you've conducted the two randomized trials that suggest that, you know, the access alone may not be a major barrier to learning POCUS or gaining more competency. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the sort of surprising thing in all of this. Everyone thinks that if you have a device, a personal device, mm-hmm. you'll have opportunities to practice more at the bedside, um, you may receive feedback on it. You may bring your device to lecture and talk to your mentor and say, hey, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting an apical four-chamber view. Um, can you give me some tips? That's That was the underlying theory and thought behind all this. In the end, we realized that just giving someone a device and not allowing them um, personalized feedback in real time as they're scanning real patients is probably not going to be sufficient to get them to that next level. Will they be good. Absolutely. Will they be able to interpret images, acquire images in a sufficient manner? I I think so. But what we are really trying to get at um, with POCUS is developing a a mastery of this and the same level of mastery we would Mm -hmm. expect our physicians to use the stethoscope for um, the physical exam. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I I believe that. And plus, you know, I remember when you turn in your studies for the day, you usually get beat up 
or you get coached <laughs> pretty bad about your studs. Yeah. Like, you know, if you do this apical, it's all, it's, it's laying flat. I need you to go more laterally and, you know, and uh, you kind of sit down and reviewing those images helps a lot. I wonder, um, Hmm. So the, uh, going further here, the, the current methods we use to promote competency or, or accredit someone in point of care ultrasound, are they not optimal or complete? I think, uh, when you look at national organizations, there is often multi components to it. There's not just lectures and bedside scanning um, with a standardized patient. There's also image review, real time scanning feedback with real patients. Um, for instance, the Society of Hospital Medicine does something like that. And you also look at um, ACGME requirements for emergency medicine. There's a lot more strict criteria of what these residents, these graduating residents need to be able to do when they go out into to practice. And so I, I wouldn't necessarily say the whole system is broken, but what I would say is on a more local level, a lot of institutions, residency programs, medical schools are thinking of creating their own POCUS curricula, and they may follow a model that includes lectures, a little bit of scanning, and a personalized device, and that's it. And what we're trying to show is that that may not be sufficient, and um, trainees may have a hard time actually gauging their confidence and their ability to perform POCUS well. So you think maybe like uh, almost like in the trades, you're a journeyman and you're attached to a mentor, a a master craftsman who uh, brings you along and makes comments side by side. So something like that, where you get immediate feedback. Yeah. If you think about the development of expertise, uh, not just in medicine, if you look at expertise across many realms, there's often a mentor-mentee relationship that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, carpenters being a, a great example, tailors mm-hmm. being um, other old examples. And in medicine, if you think about internship and residency, that is in a way an apprenticeship. You're learning under a senior physician. Right. I think we should be doing the same thing for POCUS where we have uh, experienced clinicians with POCUS who are helping to guide more junior users. The challenge with that is not a lot of people are um, familiar with POCUS and a lot of our um, older physician population is not well-versed in it. And that represents a huge gap that needs to be thought about carefully. Absolutely. I remember that in the Sim Center. Everybody who grew up with any kind of Atari or gaming was really good with the simulators and the attendees. <laughs> <laughs> they would come in and kind of like, kind of the more the boomer generation and like, ah, how do you turn it on? What do you plug it in? You know, just a joke. That inspires um, me for my next study to look at um, how well people can play Call of Duty and acquire focus <laughs> images. Yeah. Um, so do you have a good uh, maybe internal med focus story, life-saving, you know, uh, something recent that uh, really stuck out maybe while you were rounding or jail rounding? or yeah, I know you guys are doing a lot with lung, your paper and, and COVID and stuff. Maybe you have a, an interesting clin- clinical story to lay on us today. Yeah, I've I've had a, actually a lot of um, I would say near misses in terms of just exposure. Um, just as a background, we've been looking at using POCUS uh, for our COVID nineteen population. This is a joint study we're doing with UCSF, and the idea is: can you use POCUS to predict how a patient's going to do in their entire hospitalization if you scan them early on? Mm-hmm. And I've scanned several patients. Um, and we have healthy controls, or I would say not healthy, but just COVID negative controls. 
But actually scanning several of these patients, they had features that looked just like COVID on their ultrasound and their initial PCR was negative. Hmm. And when I, when I looked at the scan, I said, there's no way this patient must have COVID based off the scan. And we've actually resent the test for at least uh, four patients and it came back positive. Wow. So just a, a really interesting tidbit where we've used POCUS to to diagnose COVID, but it's also kind of scary because we've been in these rooms without our full PPE sometimes, <laughs> but thankfully everything's, everything's worked out okay for us. Oh, good, man. Be safe out there. Dr. Kumar, Andre, it was great having you today on today's podcast. It's an honor. And uh, I thank you. We thank you for all you do to increase patient safety. Thanks for having me. Great chatting with you. Yes. And for uh, more POCUS style topics, Please follow us on Facebook at Pocus Cert Academy and Twitter at Pocus Academy. Thanks a lot, Andre. We look forward to some more great papers from you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us at Twitter at Pocus Academy and Facebook at Pocus Cert Academy. If you'd like to learn more about the POCUS community, visit us at pocusworld.org. Take a look at participating in our POCUS 25 research. Help contribute to the scientific development of the top 25 point-of-care ultrasounds. And we'll see you next time. thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intelios. This podcast is for information purposes only.